Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Uh, uh, Kelly Robinson, good morning. I'll be okay. Good morning. It's been a wet week, don't you think? Oh, my goodness. I was looking at the rainfall totals from around the state and uh, South Texas and East Texas. Oh, my gosh. All the way from San Antonio and Austin, all the way over to Longview. I have friends in, in those cities and and I write for newspapers in those cities and and uh, College Station and and then there's Houston and Beaumont. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope we got some rain in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but nothing like they did in South and East Texas. But uh, hopefully you got some as well in, in other parts of the state. This program goes to 33 stations around the state of Texas, many of them farther west. Hope you got some rain as well. So welcome to the program this morning. We're going to talk gardening. Uh, it is a toll-free number, as Kelly just uh, mentioned to you, 888 888- Uh, 256-1080, 888-256-1080. I invite you to call right now. It is live. It's a live Saturday morning program. We are a rare animal and uh, not many live Saturday programs anymore, but this one is and uh, would love to have you call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. It's not quite an hour. It's like... uh, like the uh, amount of ice cream you get in a gallon, not quite a gallon anymore. You don't get quite as many cookies in the bag, quite as many potato chips in the bag. Uh, so there you go. You don't get quite a whole hour in this hour. But uh, call before, uh, uh, what is it, 53.53 is my out time, and uh, we'll talk. 888-256-1080, which is kind of a not-so-subtle hint that you need to call now rather than toward the end of the hour. Did you watch Luca last night? Oh, my goodness. If you're in a market that gets the Mavericks, our son does statistics for the radio uh, TV broadcast for the Mavericks, and he was up until 2.50 this morning compiling all kinds of statistics on that game with Luca scoring 73 points. Now that tells you we're live this morning. And uh, fun statistics, just a whole lot of fun statistics. Um, so anyway, hope uh, hope you have a chance to watch him sometime if you're a basketball fan. He is just amazing. Uh, but we're talking gardening. Don't get me into sports because I'm pretty pretty uh, slow-witted on that one. Uh, some things you need to be doing right now as we uh, as we get some phone calls in. Uh, you need to be getting the vegetable gardening up and underway. And boy, if it's been raining five or eight inches in your part of Texas, that may be a little difficult to do. This is all the more proof that you need to have a raised bed. You say, Neil, it doesn't rain much here around San Antonio. It doesn't rain much here in pick a city. And uh, I say, yeah, but when it does, it can rain a lot in a hurry. And that can shut you out of your garden for a week or two. And that can be critical in your vegetable garden in the spring because things are ultra timely. You say, well, it rained. I'll just get around to it in a week or two. Well, by then it may be too late. If you plant onions and English peas two or three weeks too late, then you run in at the other end. You run into hot weather and they're no good. You might as well just turn that part of the garden over to something else that doesn't mind the heat because the onions and English peas will burn up. They just won't do well. Uh, And I'm talking about sugar snap peas, the snap type. They're fabulous. They've been around about 40 years, and and they changed how we grow peas. We didn't used to grow them. Onions, of course, 
the onion sets are set out um, in late January, or early February, depending on whether you're in South Texas, that'd be mid-January. They should be in the ground and growing now. Central Texas, it's time right now. North Texas, way north. Uh, you'd go into February a little bit. So get those planted. Get the garden ready. If it isn't ready now, it needs to be ready immediately. Lots of organic matter. Raise the bed by four or five inches. It'll make a big difference if you do get a rainy spell. Um, it's too early to fertilize. Uh, too early for pre-emergent weed killers in all but extreme South Texas. Uh, don't uh, don't be putting out the weed and feed products. I'm just not an advocate of weed and feed. I'm, I'm a big believer in pre-emergent weed killers. I'm a big believer in uh, in fertilizers, but just not at the same time in the uh, springtime. Uh, you don't. Uh, I, I just don't want you putting out the weed and feeds because uh, that's just not something that you should do simultaneously. Um, as our son Brian, the statistician used to say when he'd hear me say that, he said, well, I like English peas and I like ice cream. I just don't like to eat them at the same time. So that's kind of the way it is with the putting out weed killers and putting out fertilizer. They don't have to be done at the same time. Yeah, the weed killers go out earlier and then the fertilizers come in uh, late March in South Texas and uh, uh, April in, in the rest of the state, the northern parts of the state. But I get ahead of myself. Things you do now, right now, you need to finish up your pruning of shade trees. You need to finish up any pruning of, and, and you have two or three weeks uh, to prune peach and plum trees. Uh, you want a bowl shape to those trees so that they spread and don't grow upright. Uh, ideally, a peach or plum tree will be nine or ten feet tall and uh, 15 feet wide. You don't want them getting taller and taller. If you don't prune them, they will become rounded, and that's not good. So uh, apples you prune to remove the strong, straight-up shoots that grow up like a rocket. Those are called water sprouts, and, uh, and, and not a lot more unless you have damaged branches in some way. Pears you don't prune unless you have damaged branches that are rubbing against one another, uh, or maybe you have fire blight, the bacterial disease that causes them to die back. If you have that, that's a little different set of circumstances. You need to remove the, the branches that have died um, by cutting back beyond the lesion where the fire blight has uh, shown up. You'll see a, a, a black area in the stem where the bark is disrupted. You need to prune several inches farther back uh, beyond that and then disinfect your pruning saw between each cut uh, before you go to another branch and you disinfect it in 10% chlorine bleach, 90% water, and don't let the bleach sit on the cutting surface very long. You need to rinse it off with clean water and then oil that surface. Um, that's just hit or miss and little odds and ends stuff to get us started. Once again, the phone number, if you'd like to call, I'd love to hear from you, uh, uh, Alpine, uh, Amarillo, Corpus Christi, Victoria, Bryan College Station, Waco, give us a call right now, 888-256-1080, a lot of other stations as well, 888-256-1080, Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the uh, calls, and his will be the first voice, mine will be the second that uh, you'll hear, so give us a call, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. 
and I have it on sale for you. It's a very good, very good sale price because this is a hardback printed on high quality paper and printed in Texas by Texas uh, citizens. Uh, these are uh, uh, highly skilled printers at Clear Visions in San Antonio. And uh, the book is only $34.95. If you saw this book, you'd say, I'll bet that costs $50. That's the way books are now, $55, $60. But it's only $34.95. And the main reason for that is that I have self-published this book. I did not go through a publishing house where we would be paying the salary of about eight people who would have worked on it as editor and, and uh, layout designer and marketing manager and all that. Uh, Carolyn Skye, I hired as my editor, and Cindy Smith as a graphic designer. And, and then I worked on all of the writing of the book and all the photos. And, and uh, so there you go, we're the team. And uh, Clear Visions printed it. Universal Bookbindery in San Antonio bound the book for me. And uh, it's small business America. The books are stored in my climatically controlled garage and I sign them and take them to the post office. That's how simple it is. I'd be proud to do that for you. It has 11 chapters. It has 840 of my photographs and 344 pages. It's a heavy book. It has a lot of information. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is a 48-page perpetual calendar, a calendar of words, not of grids, to tell you what you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect in your landscape and garden every month. It's written for the entire state, and you'll never have to ask, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all there for you. Chapters uh, 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, vegetables. A whole chapter on each one of those topics. Uh, your satisfaction with the book is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny you invest in it. It's as simple as that. I've had 85,000 books sold to date, and I've not had one request for a refund. You're going to like the book, or I stand behind it, and I sign every copy as it sells. It is not on Amazon. It's not in stores. You buy it directly from my website, neilsperry.com. Do it right now. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Don't confuse it with the old cowboy boot book. That book is, uh, gosh, what is that? That book is now 30 years old. And uh, this one is so much more up to date. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, and uh, it's at neilsperry.com. You can also order it by calling my office, uh, weekday business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Let me tell you also about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association and invite you to shop where you see their name badges and emblems of the Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. These are men and women who have studied long and hard hours. They have passed a comprehensive exam that shows that they know everything about the plants in your part of Texas. Now, these are well-versed people, and this is not just something you go in and casually take and, and you get your name badge with uh, the certification uh, emblem on it. 
they worked very hard in classes to gain this uh, recognition, this designation. It's your assurance of the best plants, the best products, and in this case, the best service that any industry can possibly provide. I have watched the certification program now for 40 years, and it leads the nation. You need to shop at a member nursery of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, TNLA, where you find Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Appreciate that. And uh, we are ready to get the program underway. If you'd like to call, we really would love to hear from you. Uh, it is very easy to call 888, as Kelly mentioned, 888-256-1080, which means that it is a toll-free call wherever you are. If you can hear me, you can call me, 888-256-1080. We go to uh, Don from College Station. Don, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Thank, thank you, you for sir. Take, How can I help? Thank you for take. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, sir. Listen, I had I bought a house about 20 years ago in Bryan, and it was a fixer-upper, and it had a huge fig tree in it. And someone took a cutting of that fig tree and planted that fig tree in my current house, and it is doing well, doing great. Since then, they've torn the house down and cut the fig tree down. But I wanted to ask, how do and when do I take these cuttings off a fig, off this fig tree that I have and plant it somewhere else? I want to propagate this. And so I was hoping you could give me some advice on how to do that. Sure. Uh, so you have access to, to a fig or the fig uh, at this point? Right. I, I planted it in my yard, and it's grown really big as well. All right. You can get the cuttings uh, uh, right at the end of the winter time uh, before they leaf out. That's that's a very good time to take them. Um, and I would take cuttings that are uh, probably about five or six inches. They're, they're large uh, stems, so they're going to be five or six inches long. I would probably do them in, in one-gallon containers, and I'd probably put five or six of them in a one-gallon container. Uh, in a very loose potting soil. In fact, I might even just use 50% peat moss and 50% perlite and mix that, okay. uh, get it nice and wet uh, Very uh, before you stick the cuttings in. Just go ahead and moisten, uh, wet it, not moisten, but wet it. And um, then the, the cuttings are gonna be, oh, they'll, they'll be bigger than pencil size and diameter probably. And uh, you don't have to have the growing tip. You may want to take that off and just take the, the next uh, several inches, uh, five or six inches. Um, I don't know that you would necessarily need to wound the cuttings. Wounding uh, wouldn't hurt. Uh, I'll explain what that term means. Uh, it wouldn't hurt, and it might, it might help. Uh, wounding means taking a, a pocket knife or a paring knife and very gently taking the outer bark, if there is bark on the on the twig, there would be, uh, just the outer layer, the thinnest layer, off one side, turn it over 180 degrees and do the same on the other side. Uh, you're taking off maybe 20% of the, or 30% of the total bark at the base of the cutting, maybe an inch of that or three-fourths of an inch. 
just to expose some more of the internal tissues of the of the cutting and then you're dipping it down into a packet of rooting hormone powder that you get at a nursery or hardware store gotcha. or feed store and you take that out uh, tap it a little bit to tap off the excess and then use a pencil to create a hole into that potting mix stick the cutting down in and use your fingers to firm the potting mix around it and then you're going to come back and water it one more time just to get all the air pockets out and to re-moisten the, the potting mix. Uh, you, you hear me say moisten and wet and all that because there's there are no roots so you got to make sure the moisture is there. And then I would uh, take a, a piece of dry cleaners plastic and just make a hair bonnet over the top of these cuttings on that on that one gallon pot and put it out um, you don't necessarily want it to overheat uh, in the sun on a, a 75 degree day, but you, you want it to stay nice and warm. And certainly if it gets down into the mid thirties, you want to bring it into the garage or into a breezeway or someplace where it will be 50 or above, uh, not necessarily in the house. You don't want it to be 75, but uh, keep it warm and, and Figs root pretty easily. They root very easily. And, and something that people need to remember is that they are grown on their own roots. In other words, they're not budded like apples and pears and things. So you'll get the same fig back again. Then when you, when you do have roots after a couple of months, whatever amount of time it takes, then you would dig them out uh, or, or just, again, wet it really well and they'll just fall out. You can separate them very easily and, and pot them up into one or two gallon pots of good potting soil, uh, one cutting per pot. Gotcha. And you're saying do this late winter, so like the end of February, yeah. early March? Yeah, you're about three or four weeks away probably. Okay. I really appreciate yeah. your help. That's great advice. Thank you so much. You betcha. I've done the very same thing in the very same town you're in when I was a kid. <laughs> so I know it can be done. Right. Have a good one. All righty. Thank Take you. Care. All right. You bet. Thanks for the call. All right. His line is open. If you'd like to call, if you'd like to fill it, you can have it. It's absolutely free today to you. It's nice that we nice that we don't charge for calls, isn't it? It's uh, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, please. Love to hear from you. Um, let me uh, tell you right now about my uh, good friends at Fertilome. Fertilome. Uh, where they also are a partner company of high yield. And I don't think they mind my telling you that this is a, um, this is a, a company that is owned by its dealers. And that's why they are so very uh, supportive of independent retail garden centers, independent retail hardware stores, independent retail feed stores, the, the places where you can go in and talk to the owners. These are, this is an owner-owned company, and they want to support local businesses. They're all about local Texas businesses. It's a Texas-based company. Fertilome and High Yield are, uh, are under the same corporate uh, structure. And right now, we're going to talk about High Yield Dimension. It's High Yield Turf and Ornamental Weed and Grass Stopper Containing Dimension. It's a granular product that provides pre-emergent control of crabgrass and grass burrs and many broadleaf weeds as well when applied prior to their germination. Now, it's still a little bit early in most of my radio audience, 
area uh, for this uh, uh, product, not by much so, just a couple weeks in South Texas and just about a month in, in North Texas. They want to get that message out because if you miss it, if you get it out too late, then you're going to have the weeds and you don't uh, you don't get that second chance. Once you miss uh, crabgrass and grasspers and they're growing, you don't get a second chance. So remember dimension, remember the name high yield, H-I, high yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper. Now, if you want to go to uh, Fertilome.com, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E, Fertilome.com, and uh, click on Find a Dealer, they will show you on that uh, website uh, the uh, closest dealers of high-yield and Fertilome products to you. And you'll be able to go right in and get your high-yield dimension uh, in high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper. Do that and be ready to put it out when the right time comes. You want it about two to three weeks prior to the average date of the last killing freeze for your county. The average killing freeze date, two to three weeks prior to that date for your county. Then you need to come back. 90 days later with a booster shot, a second application, buy enough for both of those treatments and you'll be all set. Again, it's Fertilome High Yield, uh, uh, turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper containing dimension. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. 888-256-1080. That's what he just said. 888-256-1080. We go to Rena from Burton. Rena, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question uh, about an old pomegranate bush that is over maybe 90 years old, and it's a sweet pomegranate. And I'd like to take a cutting on it and see if I can get a new bush going. Is that possible? Absolutely. That's also, as with the figs, that's the way they're grown. They're grown on their own roots. Uh, the cuttings could be hardwood cuttings, like I was describing with the figs. Um, the ones I have always grown uh, have been uh, semi-hardwood cuttings taken in June. I don't know what the nurserymen do, but uh, uh, but I, I had good luck rooting them in June from, from growth that was made that year. And I would take cuttings that were about four or five inches, probably not any more than four inches long. Uh, it was not the not the end growth uh, at the very ends of the twigs, but maybe the next, uh, oh, I'd, I'd give up a couple of inches off the end and, and then trim that off and then I'd use the next four inches. And you strip off the, yeah, this this is gonna fit for almost all shrubs, folks, so no need to call about boxwoods and, and then something else and something else. But you strip off the bottom half or two thirds of the leaves, you've got to expose a bunch of the stem because that's where you want the roots to form. And uh, in the case of pomegranates, it, they, they will be starting to form a little bit of wood there. Uh, again, rooting a hormone powder like Rutone uh, that you can find pretty easily in little packets uh, in the hardware stores and nurseries and feed stores. Uh, if you dip the cutting down in that, the moisture of the freshly cut wood will hold a, a fair amount of the rooting hormone powder. You could take the uh, the blade of a sharp knife and just rub it back and forth, not try to cut it or slice it in this case because the cuttings are so tiny, but just rub it and, and, and fuzz it up a little bit and then use your thumb to get the fuzz off and then dip the cutting down into it. 
uh, tap off the excess and, and uh, stick the cutting in uh, into your rooting mix, the same 50-50 peat and perlite. Uh, and, and you could get in a six inch pot, you could get uh, 10 or 15 cuttings. The secret will be to keep them very humid. It's going to be very warm by that time of year. Keep them okay. humid. Uh, don't uh, you know? Go ahead and put water on it after you stick them into the potting mix uh, to get all the air out of that potting soil, um, uh, air pockets around the cuttings, and then almost immediately cover them with the dry cleaner's plastic to make a very humid environment for them. And I would put them in a very bright spot out of direct sunlight. You put them out in the sun and they'll just go to 180 degrees in there. And uh, then that will work. Um, my experience has been, I, I got pretty good at rooting cuttings as a home gardener, as a teenager. Uh, but I've also given the same advice I just gave to you, Rena, and I've seen people get them too rotted and everything else. And so it's not foolproof. You kind of have to experiment a little bit. But... But pomegranates are not difficult to root from cuttings. They can be done. That's perfect. That's perfect. I listened to what you said about the figs, so I'm going to try that since it's a sweet pomegranate, and I don't know if they still have those or not. This is a really old bush. Well, the fact that it, it if you have it now and it has survived uh, the winter uh, three years ago, that is significant because that sure took a lot of pomegranates to the ground. And yes. uh, so that's yes. a that's another reason to keep it. That's a that's a very good point. Okay, I really appreciate All your right. information. Thank you so much. You are welcome. I appreciate your call. Have a great day. Appreciate you it. You as well. Thanks. All right, that's a nice Bye -bye. part of Texas. All right. All righty. Let's see what we need to say. You need to give you the phone number again, and that is eight 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 two five six ten eighty eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Texas A and M has some really good information. I don't think that the uh, propagation of pomegranates would be covered in it, but they have some really good information. Let me get that, um, let me get that. I leave it bookmarked on my desktop. It is called Fruit and Nut Resources, and it's Fruit and Nut Fact Sheets. There is a page that has, it's a page of links to them all. And um, the Extension Horticulturist Fruit Specialist put this together several years ago, and it is an amazing page. I, I find it incredibly useful. Let me just read some of the crops that they have listed here, and you can get all kinds of great information. These are sheets that are, in many cases, intended for both homeowners and for, uh, for commercial growers. And these are not just one-page sheets. These are uh, 16 to 24-page uh, pamphlets in some cases there it's online you'd have to print them to make a pamphlet out of it but so they have I'm, I'm going to read these to you and and there's a link on on this one page there's a link to each of these pages just bear with me because I think it's so impressive it's apples avocados blackberries blueberries figs Pierce's disease tolerant grapes Texas grape growers Pierce's disease management guide Olives, peaches, pears, pecans, improved, pecans native, persimmons, plums and other sun fruit, pomegranates, a low tunnel strawberry guide, production guide for Texas grown strawberries, banana citrus, evaluating pecan problems, grape barbers, jujube, mango, mayhaw, muscadine, papaya, pecans is a health food, that's a not liar, isn't it? Texas wine vineyards, walnut, that's the left column, now the right column. 
Now, let me just read some of the uh, other outliers of the right-hand column. Uh, these are some of these are older uh, publications. Guava, grapefruit, lemons, limes, loquat, mandarins, miscellaneous citrus, oranges, pineapple, citrus greening. Oh, my goodness. It's just so much information. And it is on a single sheet that is called Fruit and Nut Resources by Texas A&M. And you can, it's, uh, the uh, URL is uh, Aggie dash uh, horticulture aggie hyphen horticulture dot t-a-m-u dot e-v-u slash fruit dash nut oh that's too long just go to Texas a&m fruit and nut resources i think i'll get it to you so anyway that's kind of fun that's really a useful of all the a&m things that's the one i have bookmarked closest to the front line of my uh, bookmark bar because I, that's not my strongest suit, and that's uh, the one I use the most often. Uh, if you are thinking about transplanting a plant that has outgrown its usefulness in your landscape, for example, a crepe myrtle that is too tall for the, the space you have available for it, uh, that needs to be done soon. Uh, if, you have, uh, if you're going to be remodeling your house and adding a room or um, doing something that involves trying to save a, a tree that is too big, uh, I, I'm sorry, that's in the way of uh, progress. You need to get it out of the way. That needs to be done uh, as soon as you can um, because uh, the, time is, uh, uh, the time is here. Uh, it has to be done while it's dormant, and dormancy is not going to last much longer. And um, uh, so you need to do that in the next couple of weeks. Dormant season transplanting, dormant season pruning needs to be done uh, by the middle of February. So here we are, two and a half, three weeks away from that at the most. South Texas, you don't even have that long. And remember, don't ever top a crepe myrtle for any purported reason. Uh, Jared, do I have two breaks left or one? Tell me in my ears, please. I thought I'd a piece of ad copy over on the done stack, and I didn't think it was done. And it's for my book, so I better get that back out of the done stack. Good news is I have decided to leave my book on sale. Some, uh, list price is $38.95. For uh, a little while longer, I'm going to leave it at $34.95. That'll help you as you get ready for spring gardening. Helps me because I could use a little cash flow, for very frankly. And uh, this is the book. It has 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It covers Chapter 1, The Basics of Gardening in Texas, why I think the 1990 uh, uh, Hardiness zone map is still the most accurate, even including the one that was just listed by USDA about two months ago. I think they did it again. I think they're off. They, they moved us too far north. There you go. And I explain why. Look at what's happened the last three or four winters. Um, and uh, the soil types of Texas, all of that. Chapter 2 is a calendar of when you plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden, and I wrote it for every county in Texas. And uh, you'll never have to ask, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's in the calendar. Chapters 3 through 11 are extremely detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I worked an entire year. I just dedicated that entire year to writing this book for you. I think you'll find it extremely useful. And I promise you, if you don't 
think that it has paid for itself by the end of this springtime, I will buy it back from you without any question. 85,000 copies have been sold with that guarantee, and nobody has asked for a refund. Now, I sign every copy as it sells, and because of that, the book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. I wouldn't be able to do that if it were there. So uh, by uh, selling it myself directly, uh, I can determine that I want to leave the price way down low, and I can sign the copies for you. Those are my decisions, and I'd love to do that. So here are the two ways you can order. One of them is call my office weekdays, uh, business hours, 800-752-GROW. The better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Uh, this is a, a very important time uh, in the life of a gardener. If you have not had your soil tested uh, anytime recently in the last several years, get it done now. Uh, don't wait any longer because the lines are, are just swelling at the soil testing lab at A&M. If you go online and search Soil Testing Laboratory, Texas A&M University, it will, uh, they've revised their website greatly, and uh, it'll give you all the details of how to collect the samples, where to send them, how much it costs, and uh, you, it'll guide you as to what you need to request. There are all kinds of soil tests, but get that done now so you'll get the results back in time for the feedings that you're going to be making in the spring. And the same thing can be said for working with a landscape designer. You need to do that sooner rather than later. They get swamped in the spring. They're swamped now. Get your place in line as quickly as you can because um, once they get busy, you may not get your landscape plan back until the 4th of July. So <laughs> just a, a word of uh, word of suggestion. Uh, the uh, smart gardener acts soon. Let me uh, tell you about my electronic newsletter. It's called Neil Sperry's eGardens. It comes from my computer to your email every Thursday, just right after 6 p.m. I always get mine at 6.02 uh, p.m. It goes out by constant contact. We have about 80,000 subscribers, and I work really hard on eGardens. It's, it's a majority of the work that I do now. Uh, radio is, is a big part of my life. My newspaper columns are a big part of my life, but eGardens takes about two days a week. So it's the bulk of any one item that I do. And uh, there are five stories always in eGardens. One of them is a featured plant of the week. One of them is always gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that need to be done in this weekend right now. I remember it came out 36 hours ago, and it's talking about what you're doing today, tomorrow, and and yesterday, for that matter, so you could go shopping yesterday and get the, the materials that you needed. And uh, by doing it that way, I can reflect on all the rain that's happened, etc. So that's gardening this weekend, and then I answer your questions. Uh, you have a, a spot in eGardens where you can submit your questions to me. Now, there is a cap on it, a limit of uh, number that we can take, because I just, the first week, I didn't put that cap on. We had 110 questions. <laughs> and I worked for weeks to get those all answered. So anyway, but that's, and then two other stories. 
And uh, this week, I have a wonderful story on what Diane Sitton referred to as motel chairs. You'll recognize them when you see it. If you want to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website. It is neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book on that sale price. That's neilsperry.com. And then click on the eGardens tab. You can see the most recent issue. That's where you see Diane Sitton's great story on, on motel chairs and how they've been resurrected and all the other things that I just described in eGardens, but it's also where you sign up so that you can get it. It's always free. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor do I spam you myself. So it's a, it's a fun thing. I've been doing it for 20 years. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Also, just a reminder that you need to shop where you see the Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery um, uh, emblems and the name tags on the employees, etc. That's your assurance that you're getting the finest nursery stock and the most up-to-date information anywhere. Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals, they've studied long and hard hours that prove that they know what they're talking about. It proves that they are highly skilled and they are local people who know local conditions, local plants. Texas Certified Nursery Professionals, Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals, both the member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And we go back to our phone lines now. We go to Todd in Bremond. Todd, this is Neil. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey, I have a question. I've recently planted some Monterey oaks about probably 40 days ago. It was before we even had any good moisture. I, I put them, you know, in the ground, kind of put some water at the bottom of the hole, got them set. They were 30 gallons uh, trees and they lost a few leaves. You know, they had some from the nursery where I bought them. Then once the cold weather hit, hey, you know, they kind of, they shed their leaves. But now I guess my can. It did get quite a bit of rain, not as much as Brenham and those places did. But moving forward into the spring, what is the best route to take to ensure that these guys are successful? You know, what do I do to make sure that the investment I have, I don't lose? Okay. Um, they're beautiful trees. I love that tree. Um, the main thing a, a new tree will need, a couple of things that I would do is I would wrap the trunk. Nobody will ever tell you to do that on oaks, and I don't know why, but I would wrap the trunk with paper tree wrap um, to uh, protect it, to protect them against sun scald and subsequent borer invasion. They have rather smooth trunks, and until they develop enough uh, shade of their canopy to shade the trunks, that's very important. I, I, I see so much damage to red oaks, for example, and chinkapin oaks uh, as young trees. And so that's one thing. Uh, secondly, make sure that they are absolutely plumb, P-L-U-M-B, and, and if necessary, stake and guy them. That's something that you probably didn't expect me to get into, but uh, you don't get a but second I have done chance that, to yes. get them. Okay. Uh, then as far as water is concerned, my rule of thumb has become over my career the last several years that we give trees, I, I tell people to water them deeply, and, oh yeah, I did, I, I put a dripper on it and it ran for an hour. Yeah, well great, that probably put a gallon of water on the thing. 
And so what I tell them is you need to put as much water as that container had, whatever container a plant came out of. Uh, that's how much water it needs every two or three days in the summer from May through October. And so if this is a 30 gallon tree, it needs 30 gallons of water every two or three days for the first couple of years. And I, I prefer to do that as a gulp, not as a drip. Drip irrigation doesn't work. Sprinkler irrigation doesn't work. It needs to be put on with a hose. You can use a bubbler to put it out in a hurry. I'm out of time, but, but you need to water them deeply. That's the main thing. I hope it's winter hardy enough as far north as you are. But anyway, got to run. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy gardening.